This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. It's going to be a good day. We're going to talk about kids today. It is Mother's Day. I know the moms are like, kids, really? Uh, I don't know about that. It's going to be good. But kids is what makes a mom a mom. And um, go ahead and uh, throw up those pictures for me. There's a few different ones. This was uh, the Workmeister family trying to take a picture of the boys <laughs> the other night. Anybody else relate to that feeling? Okay, so we have that one, and then go to the next. Oh, wait, wait, so this one, Michael's trying to control the middle one right now. You know what I mean? That's usually what happens. Go to the next picture. And then the middle one is, you know, it's just the middle one. You know what I mean? And he's just, you know, goofy and crazy and, you know, doesn't want to submit to authority right now in Jesus' name. This, yeah, this is a quick little video. We're trying to tell them to stand in place. Michael's trying to keep them, you know, organized. Luke is just a ball of joy, okay? He's just a ball of happiness. <laughs> But the question is this, what is the purpose of children? What is the purpose of motherhood? Is it just to raise good kids? Is it just to make sure that they get their lunch and they get off to school and they go through, you know, years of grade school and middle school and high school and then, you know, we transition them out of, you know, they graduate and now we're going to send them to college and after college, hopefully they're going to meet somebody great and once they meet somebody great, they'll have a great job and they'll have a beautiful home and they'll reproduce and we'll have grandkids and the whole thing will just start all over again. Is that the purpose? And I believe the answer is no, that is not the purpose. Isaiah 55 verse 9 in the Amplified says this, For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Our job as mothers, not our job, that's a, oh, I said that awful, okay, your job as mothers, our job as parents is to help our kids understand their delegated authority from Christ Jesus, to help them understand why they're on the earth. Adeline is on the earth for this time, this moment, because God looked through out eternity and said, I want her now. I need her now. I need her life and her breath and her beauty and her goodness, and I need to use her in the earth now in 2019. So he picked this moment. And it's our job to help our kids to understand the gifts and the talents that they possess are here for a reason and a purpose. John 10.10 says this, though. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if that's the thief's purpose, we have to understand how the thief chooses to steal, kill, and destroy in our kids' lives so that we can take the authority that Christ Jesus gives us to lead our kids well. And can I just, I want to make sure we understand this, okay? We need moms. We need dads. But we need grandmas, and we need grandpas, and we need aunts, and we need uncles, 
and we need a church family that we all go, you know what, we're a tribe. And as this tribe, we're going to raise these kids as a tribe. And we're all collectively responsible to help these kids know the goodness of God. Can I get an amen for that? So this message is for every single one of us in the house today. So how does the enemy try to destroy our children? Number one is this, our educational system. Okay? In our educational system, we have removed the concept of a creator. Right? And since we've removed the concept of a creator, social, socially we've abandoned our moral compass. Okay? And because we've abandoned our moral compass, we've abandoned this code to live by. And the code to live by today is you do you. Whoever you are and whatever you do, you do you. Because there is no code to live by because we've abandoned the idea of a creator. And if there is no creator, then you basically are the creator, the creator of your own life. The moral compass is then replaced by whatever is popular in the moment. It's kind of like this. Um, something that's really popular in young society right now is the thought of socialism, right? We remove the moral compass, and all of a sudden, we start thinking, okay, man, this just sounds really, really nice. Yeah, it sounds really nice to have somebody else pay your bills, okay? Can I get an amen for that? You know what I mean? It sounds nice for somebody else to give you health care and to give you food and give you a... I watched, I, I watched this video about, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, oh, Drew, you know, the crazy one, crazy one. The, huh? I don't know. That girl out in New York. Yeah, and her, and her idea, I was watching her video, and her, her idea is to give everybody just free paychecks. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to go to work, go to work. If you don't want to go to work, don't go to work. Whatever you feel that day, that's cool, but, hey, you're going to get a paycheck, okay? So we lose, we lose our moral compass, and listen, it's, I want you to understand, it's our job as mom and dad to help this guy understand biblically why, like, socialism isn't a biblical thing. This isn't God's plan. Like, God has a way different plan. Like, God talks about working, like, all the time, and he talks about that we are blessed because we were. Listen, it's our job. But when we lose this idea of a creator... Whatever is popular at the moment is what happens. And then political correctness becomes the MO of the day. The other night, um, got me a cheeseburger on the way home. Can we get an amen for cheeseburgers, okay? Got me a cheeseburger on the way home the other night. It was pretty late. Went home, turned on Netflix. Let's give it up for cheeseburgers and Netflix, okay? And I turned on Netflix, and... I don't know about you, but I was super excited about this. I saw the movie Dumb and Dumber, okay? <laughs> and I mean, okay, back in the day, I used to have a VHS tape of Dumb and Dumber. I wore that thing out so hard that it was like, you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't sound right. I mean, I just wore that tape out. So I'm like, yes, cheeseburger, Dumb and Dumber, this sounds like a good way to end my day. And so I turn on 
dumb and dumber, and I'm like by myself, and I'm just like laughing, crying, you know, just having memories of being a kid. Jess is texting me, what's going on downstairs? It sounds like a hyena's down there, you know what I mean? And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking like, this movie would never be made in 2019. It's not politically correct. Everything has to be politically correct right now. So when we remove this, we also remove the idea of this, of eternity. We get rid of a creator. We remove the idea that there's something beyond this. And when we remove the idea that there's anything eternal beyond this, we lose our sense of purpose. I'll I'll never forget, it was probably... Uh, it's probably about 10 years ago. The Lord told me, I started hearing a theme in music. And the theme was, do what you feel. And then, uh, I, I was a youth pastor. And I remember I like, made this montage of like, it was like 25 different songs that had that term in it. Do what you feel, do what you feel, do what you feel. Well, if there's no creator and there's no moral compass and there's no eternity then yeah, what else is there to lead you, to guide you, than to do whatever you feel at the purpose, at the moment? When purpose is taken out of the equation, it also removes the idea of eternal destiny. When we remove eternal destiny, the thought is there is no accountability. And so the first step of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy is to remove the idea that there is a creator. And that he created you. And he created this earth. And he created everything that we have in this earth. I I love love watching documentaries. I I was watching this documentary the other day on Netflix. Again, Netflix, okay? And it was called One Strange Rock. Uh, Drew Keller told me about it. It's not from a biblical background at all. But they're just talking about the science of life. And I watched this episode. And this episode was all about how we breathe. You know, and and growing up, I think, you know, we breathe because there's trees outside, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's just a simple way of how I equate in my mind. This is how we breathe. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this video, and I'm realizing, like, oh, breath has a lot more to do than just the trees outside. Like, breath really starts in this desert in Africa. And this desert in Africa collects this dust and makes a dust storm and then it sends it all the way across the ocean and then it gets to Brazil and it gets to the rainforest and it fertilizes the soil and then the soil releases this oxygen and it releases this this uh, river that actually goes up into the air and it's like a flying river and this river then translates to the Andy Mountains and then the water flows down from the Andes and then there's another step and another step and another step and I'm like just mind blown that like, oh, it takes all these steps just so that we can breathe every single day. But it's like God, our creator is reaching out to us going, listen, I'm here. I'm the creator. I'm the creator of everything that you have. And I'm the creator of you. The enemy wants us to have this thought that there's no creator. That's step number one. Step number two is this. The thief's purpose is to destroy our identity. Destroy our identity. Lies are costly. 
And if you believe a lie, you empower the liar. Who's the liar? The devil, Satan. <laughs> remember? The, I don't know how many of you remember the church lady growing up on Saturday Night Live. Satan? You know what I mean? I don't Oh, my gosh. Some of you are like, oh, you are the Antichrist right now in Jesus' name. Dumb and dumber in the church later. Who are you? Listen, the enemy works to trip us up through lies, intimidation, accusations, and seduction. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, the word of God says this. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Obviously, this is the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are there in the garden. This is the beginning of time. God has set up the garden. It's perfect for them. God has taken care of every one of their needs. And the serpent comes, and he is enticing them. He's tricking them. He's getting them to believe in what? A lie. That the lie is this, that God is holding back from you. God is withholding from you. And because God is withholding from you, you cannot trust him. He's not someone to be trusted. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve eat the fruit. And the reality is this. They try to obtain something that they already possess by design. The lie was this. You will become like God. Okay? They wanted to possess something that God had already given them. The word of God says in the book of Genesis that they were created in the image of God. The word of God actually says this, let us, meaning what? The Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They said, let us come together and create man in our image. Okay, But because they believed a lie and chose to empower the liar, okay? They tried to possess something that God had already gave them. Gave them what? Identity. Their identity was in God, that God was their creator, that God was their designer. But they had to go outside of God because why? They chose to believe a lie, okay? So the enemy's purpose is what? To remove the idea that there is a creator. If I can remove an idea that there's a creator, then there is no moral compass. And you are the creator. And you are the God of your world. And you are the God of your universe. And you do what you feel. And you do what you like. And then I'm going to then go even farther. And I'm going to attack your what? Your identity. Who you are. I'm going to strip away all that you are because if there is no creator, then you cannot be made in the image of God. You cannot have an identity in God. So then where do I find my identity? It's whatever the world has in store for me. Whatever the world wants to speak over me. Whatever somebody in the seventh grade says to me. See, we all remember stuff like that, right? I'll never forget getting rejected to a dance in seventh grade. Rejection's powerful. Shapes who we are. And if I have no identity outside of the girl that I'm asking to the dance and hoping that she likes me and hoping that she believes in me, then there's really no purpose. Where's the purpose in life? So the enemy attacks in these two ways, removing the creator, and then he also removes the idea of identity in our life. When we remove identity, we remove the idea that 
there is a God, and he did create me. And if I don't have any identity in him, and I don't find my identity in him, then I have to find my identity somewhere else. So it's like this. Come here, Bubba. Oh, come on. You're such a hater. Listen, we're in this for a long time. You got to get used to this, okay? Listen, if I can't give him identity, and if the word of God can't give him identity, then somebody else will, right? And how many of you know that our world has a broken what? Identity. They're confused. They don't know who they are. So if they don't know who they are, and he doesn't know who they are, but the people that don't know who they are are leading him, it then becomes what? It's just blind people leading blind people. People with no purpose, no identity, leading each other through this life. Amen? So this is the idea that the enemy has for our children. But God has a completely different agenda and identity for our kids. Three things that we need to know to help our kids understand who they are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, Go with me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says this, and God bless them. I love that God is a God that blesses. From the beginning of time, God is the one who blesses and favors our life. And the word says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in numbers, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Point number one is this, be fruitful. God gave us a commandment to be productive in this life. God gave us a commandment to tell our kids to be productive in this life. Be fruitful in all that you do in this life, including discovering the laws of God. Be fruitful in discovering what God thinks about this earth, that God thinks about this life. And that's really our job as moms and dads and grandparents and aunts and uncles to have an understanding of what God thinks about how the earth is governed. I tell people this all the time. Okay, so let's take Oprah. Oprah's super blessed, correct? Would we all agree that Oprah has way more money than she'll ever need in this life, okay? Oprah's super blessed. But Oprah is also blessed to be a blessing, regardless if she believes it as a biblical standpoint or not. The Word of God says this, if you sow, you will what? You'll reap. So God put a law into motion into the earth, and it does not matter if you are a believer or if you are not a believer. The law is the law. This is what God has established in the earth. If you bless somebody, I'm going to bless you. Right? So it's our job to help our kids understand that you are called on this earth to be productive. You are called on this earth to go out and do something great for the kingdom of God. But I got to help you understand the laws of God. Because if you understand the laws of God, then you'll understand how to cooperate with God. And then when I cooperate with God, then what happens? I take the goodness of God to the world. And therein lies the purpose of life. 
People are always confused, like, man, why am I on the planet? Why am I here? You're here to take the goodness of God to somebody else. At your job, at the grocery store. At the other day, I was at, I was at Meyer. And it was so simple. There was this, the lady checking me out and then the lady behind me. And the lady behind me, um, she had a bottle of water and she needed to pay for her bottle of water. And she was like, hey, once, once he's done checking out, will you just ring up my bottle of water so I can take care of it? And the Lord said, just pay for the bottle of water. And so, you know, I got all my stuff checked out. And she said, you know, here's your total. And I gagged and choked when she told me my total, you know, because it's always more than I expect. And, and then I said, hey, will you put the water on? And the cashier behind me, she said, oh, no, 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 you, you don't have to do that. I said, no, 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 no. I said, it is my pleasure to bless you. And this woman just started tearing up. 99-cent bottle of water. But she felt the goodness of God. And that's our jobs as human beings is to take the goodness of God and express the goodness of God wherever we go. We've got to help our kids understand that it's your job. It's your purpose. It's your mandate on the planet when you have this finite little bit of time of life to take the goodness of God and express it to everyone in the planet. Be fruitful. And listen, in this fruitfulness, in this expression, God is really okay with your kids' different personalities. Okay? He's really okay with that. Now, we're not because we compare our kids, which is shame on us. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're comparing our kids to this one and that one. God's not afraid of different personalities. You know, some of you haven't been in our church for uh, a long time. Some of you have, and some of you understand that, you know, I'm a ravish Chicago Bears fan, okay? I mean, just like like deep in my soul, you know what I mean? Like every Sunday I pray for Noah's salvation because he's a Green Bay Packers fan, okay? And we're believing that someday he will get saved here at Elevate Church, and he will find truth and be set free, okay? Now, in, in my love for Chicago Bears, how many of you remember when it was the playoffs? The Bears were in the playoffs, and, and somebody that we won't say, because we don't use his name in our house, and I won't let his name come out of my mouth, missed a field goal in the playoffs so that we could advance and go to the Super Bowl, okay? And, and, and when that happened, okay, the, he, he kicked the ball, and I mean, instantly I thought it was good. And, I, and if you guessed Jess and Michael, I started running through our house like, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, God, for the bears. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm running through the house. And then Jess, like, I get back to the living room. She has this, like, mortified look on her face, and I realize that he double-doinked it, okay? He not just, not even one doink, but two doinks, okay? Double-doinked it, okay? At that moment, I then went into rage mode, okay? Took a Chicago Bears plastic helmet, threw it against the wall, put a hole in the wall. I am standing at the TV letting this individual know that he is number one. I am using words that no children should ever hear in their life. 
But here's the deal. God's not afraid of my personality. Because the same passion that I have for the Chicago Bears, I have even more passion for the kingdom of God. I have so much passion for Jesus. I have so much passion for you to know him and for you to know his goodness. I have so much compassion and passion for the people in this world. I have so much passion and care for individuals I've never met in my whole entire life. And God knew that same raw passion that sometimes I make stupid mistakes with is the same raw passion. It's the same personality that would be used to glorify his kingdom. God's not scared about personality. Here, put up that picture of Joel Houston, okay? Okay? This is Joel Houston. He's a worship leader for Hillsong. He looks like a homeless man, okay? All right? If, we, if he walked into our church today, many of us would take up a little offering for him to make sure that he had something to eat tonight, okay? Love Joel Houston, okay? Now, now my son, Michael, okay, we, we were driving the other day. No, keep it up there. Keep it up there, okay? Me and my son, Michael, the other day, we were having this conversation. Listen, I'm like a clean-cut guy. You know what I mean? Like, like you'll probably never see me on a Sunday morning without a clean shave. Like, that's like a big deal to me. Even like, I clean shaved a couple days ago. I clean shaved this morning. I was like, oh, God, please don't let me have razor burn this morning. You know what I mean? Like, being clean is like a big deal to me, okay? My, my 14-year-old son told me the other day, he said, listen, if I knew that my hair would be like long and straight and I would grow a beard that birds could live in, okay, that literal birds could nest in my beard and be long like that, I would do that someday. Okay? So be prepared, Elevate Church, for the day that this kid is leading you into worship and birds are flying out of his beard, Okay? <laughs> Where am I going with this? Here, here's the deal. His personality is different than mine. And that's okay. And his personality is different than most of us in this room. And that's okay. All I care about is that he understands why he's on the planet. It's all that matters. I don't care if he has long hair. I don't care if he has tattoos. I don't care if he wears clothes that I would never wear in my life. As long as he knows and he understands that he is on the planet to pursue the things of God and use what he's been put on the planet for, for God's glory. That's all that matters. That's all that matters is that he understands that he is here to be fruitful. Number one, point number one. Point number two is this. God told them what? To multiply. He had desired that they would have children and then their children would have children. And the idea was this. The greater number of people in right relationship with God was the greater of the impact that we would have across the earth. Right? This is why I'm so excited for Farah. Okay? Farrah's having another baby girl in a matter of days. They're going to have four under four. You need to pray and fast for the Keller household in Jesus' name, okay? Do you know why I'm excited that the Kellers are having another baby? Because this house loves Jesus. This house is about the things of God. They're 
Finances are about the things of God. They have, they have this code, which I'm so impressed at. I went to their house the other night, and I saw this code on the wall. It's like 10 things the Kellers do to honor Jesus. You know why I'm excited? Because there's going to be four girls that have clear purpose and clear identity about why they're on the earth and what God is using them for, and they're going to fill the earth in Jesus' name. And guess what? They're going to have kids. And their kids are going to be full of the Holy Spirit. And their kids are going to have identity and purpose. See, this was God's design, that we would multiply over and over again. And as we multiplied, we would take God's grace and goodness around the world. God tells us to multiply. This is why we have to understand that our kids have different gifts and talents. Oh, perfect timing, bro. Come here. Perfect timing. I actually had you in my notes. Come here. Oh, listen, the Lord is good and faithful always, okay? Everybody, this is Cam, okay? How old are you? 14. 14. Look at 14-year-olds stepping up in this church. One's playing the guitar. One's got a camera in his hand. You want to know what I love about Cam? Cam has this gift and this talent from God for video and creative stuff. I'll never forget the first time I met him. He showed me this video that he made from like their family vacation. I was like, I don't know where that's at, but I want to go there because it's just, it looks amazing. You did such a great job shooting it. Look, Cam has gifts and talents that God put in him. This kid has an eye for graphics and video and pictures that like most of us would never understand, but it's a God-given talent. You know why he has a camera? Because we're sending him through this church to take video and pictures so that we can put it on Instagram. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's my kid, and they're at church, and they love Jesus. Oh, I'm so happy. You know what I mean? But you know what? You want to know who took that picture? Cam. Cam. Right? So when Cam understands that he's called to multiply and he's called with a purpose to use the gifts, the talents that God's put inside of him for the kingdom of God, man, great things happen. Amen? So we got to help our kids understand that, listen, you have a gift for this for a reason. Listen, like God wants us to be like doctors and lawyers. God wants us to be in the world of dance. God wants us to be in the world of creativity. Listen, like, I'm so sick of this idea that, like, we got to just, like, shelter our kids from the world. No, we're supposed to fill them with the Holy Spirit and then send them to the world. He's supposed to make an impact for Jesus with this gift that he has. Amen? Amen. Give it up for Cam, everybody. God wanted to take our influence to every corner of the world. People who would serve and rule out of love. They would love God, love one another, and then love what God has made. Amen? Point number three is this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Point number three is this. Subdue it. God told them to subdue it. Why? Because Satan rebelled, was cast out of heaven, and found dominion where? Here, in the earth. The word of God says that he is the prince, not the king, not the king, the prince 
of this world. And thank God that because of the cross, Jesus gives us what? Authority over the devil and the works of darkness in Jesus' name. We have authority over him in this world because of Christ Jesus. But he is the prince of this world. So the word says this, to go subdue it. Subdue what? The works of darkness. Go take care of these things. Where the enemy has influence, the Lord goes, I want to raise up godly men and women to go subdue this. Drew sent me an article the other day. It's a long article, and I read every, every word of it. It was about America and the sex slave industry in America. And I won't share it here, but there was just... In this article, really, really graphic things about young girls at the age of nine, six, and four being sold and trafficked right here. Like, not in other countries, like here. There's a righteous anger in me that wells up. And I don't know what Jesus wants me to do yet, but I, I will find out. I will find out why I get so angry at this. See, Jesus gave a command. He said, I want you to raise up kids that will go subdue the works of darkness. This is why we support Ryan Wonderly. Taking kids off the street, subduing the works of darkness. This is why we support Melissa and Waweza. This is why we support anybody, anybody in our church that goes, you know what? I see injustice, I see darkness, and I have, I have a dream, and I have a passion to go subdue it. We go, yes, in Jesus' name. We are for you, we're not against you. The kingdom of God is for you. Whew. It's obvious that the planet is controlled by darkness. It's under the influence of darkness. But God chose us, our kids, as his delegated authority. Do you ever realize that? That God left the planet in our hands? He's entrusting us. He's entrusting this generation. Somebody asked me, they said, how much money did you spend back there in the kids' rooms? I said, what does it matter? I would have spent triple it. There's no limit to how much money Elevate Church will spend to make sure our kids understand who they are in Christ Jesus. Because there's nothing more important than those kids back there that are gonna grow up in this world, in this generation at this time, understanding who they are in Christ Jesus. Nothing's more important. That's why we exist. It's part of our code as a church. This church isn't going to end with me. It's 
It's going to go on and on until Jesus Christ comes back. The Lord told us to subdue it. God chose to defeat darkness through delegated authority, us. He made us in his image, and he made people that would choose to love him. See, Satan was a created being. He had a choice just like us to choose to serve the Lord or not to serve the Lord. He chose not to. See, the reality is this. God wants our kids to take over the world. Amen? Listen, like, I, I, like, there'll be a day when Drew and Ferris, little Daisy, like, graduates, and I will sob like a baby, I promise you. I will just sob. But there will be so much anticipation in my heart to see what Daisy does in the earth for Jesus. Amen? Our jobs as moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents and as a church family is to pour into our kids and help them to understand this, to understand that God needs them. God needs their gifts. We give them identity. We don't let the world shape their identity. Listen, I tell my boys all the time, I got three boys, and I tell them all the time, you are a boy in Jesus' name. You are a man in Jesus' name. God identified you, not this world. God chose your identity. God has made you in his image. God has chosen you for this time and this purpose to live in the earth when you're in the earth. I give my, my boys identity. And then once you have identity and your identity is clear, then purpose is there. You have a purpose of why you're on the earth, to be fruitful, to be multiplied. And then in that purpose comes mission. See, when I was growing up in church, I didn't understand this. I just thought we just we just go to church because it's a good thing to do. I had no identity, no purpose, no mission. Once Taka helped me understand my identity, I understood my purpose. And once I had a purpose, I had a mission. And then the mission always trumps the things of this world, right? So when I was struggling with addictions to pornography and I was struggling with addictions to smoking marijuana, guess what? The mission was more important because I had identity and I had purpose. Because I had identity and I had purpose, I had a mission. And the mission drove me. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning? So thankful for godly moms in the house. So thankful for godly moms. But I know that moms get tired and they get weary and they lose their identity, they lose their purpose and they need to be refreshed, amen. That's what Mother's Day is about, refreshing moms. But I wanna do this.
If you're a mom in the house, raise your hand real high, real high. Okay, raise your hand. If you're around a mom, I want you just to lay hands on them real quick. Put your hand up real high, real high. If you don't know the mom, that's okay. What's your name? What's your name? Lenita. Can I pray for you? Is that all right? We're going to pray for all the moms in the house today. Amen. We're going to pray that God refreshes them in Jesus' name. Okay? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for these beautiful women. God, we thank you for godly women that choose to put you first and foremost. I just pray you'd come strengthen them Father I pray your grace would abound strengthen heal restore whatever is broken Lord I pray God you fill them with dreams and vision wisdom through the Holy Spirit I pray, God, that they would just feel a lightness from the Holy Spirit, a grace in everyday life, in the ups and the downs and the trials and the joys and victories. I pray, God, that your grace would carry them and strengthen them. Father, we ask that your blessing would reign upon every mom, every grandma, every aunt in this house today in Jesus' name. Pray your goodness would abound to them. Bless them. Bless them in ways that only you know would be a blessing. Secret desires that they have in their hearts. I pray, God, that you would search their heart and find those desires and just just your goodness upon them, we ask, Jesus. I would thank you for every one of them. We ask you to bless them, fill them with long life. Fill them with long life. Fill them with wisdom. Fill them with understanding, purpose, identity in you, Christ Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for them. We celebrate with heaven today for every one of them. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.